1: Hello and welcome to Fallacious Trump, the podcast where we use the insane ramblings of a totally exonerated president to explain Mm -hmm. logical fallacies. I'm your host, Jim.
2: And I'm your rather host, Mark. A logical fallacy is an error in reasoning that results in bad or invalid arguments. And the logical fallacy we're looking at this week is the cherry-picking fallacy, also known as selective observation and ignoring inconvenient data.
1: So... There's a, quite a bit of overlap here between the cherry picking fantasy and one we did a few weeks ago, which was lying with statistics. They're often used right. in the same, yep. in a similar way. But, mm. um, cherry picking is where the person making the argument ignores a large amount of evidence, which might cast doubt on what they're saying and chooses right. only the yep. parts that make their claim sound plausible, basically. So it's, so yep. it's more commonly yep. used where actually the, the weight of evidence is against you but there's things that you can pick out if you're careful, which actually make it sound like you yeah. are right. Okay. Our first example is from Trump's uh, first address to the joint session of Congress, essentially the, his first mm-hmm. State of the Union, but it's not State of the Union when it's the, your first year as president. And uh, he managed an impressive total of three cherry-picked statements <laughs> within just 27 words.
0: Tonight, as I outline the next steps we must take as a country we must honestly acknowledge the circumstances we inherited. 94 million Americans are out of the labor force. Over 43 million people are now living in poverty, and over 43 million Americans are on food stamps.
1: he's setting up this situation where he's claiming that he inherited a mess from Obama. Basically everything went to shit under Obama and he's got to sort it out. And these are the terrible statistics that he's quoting. Yeah. The thing is, he is quoting them out of context. They're true, but but, um, they sound worse than they should do. If you actually know what you're talking about. So Mm -hmm. just for an example, that 94 million out of the labor force statistic Mm -hmm. It is it is pretty true that. But out of yeah. the labor force, while it sounds like a way of saying unemployed, it's not the same thing at all. Yeah. It actually covers basically anyone who isn't working, which means that includes the forty-four million retired Americans, the oh. Oh, <laughs> the thirteen point two million who were still in school and college. Right. Fifteen point three million Americans who are disabled and unable to work and 13.3 right. million who are stay-at-home parents and not looking for work. In fact, basically at that time, only 7.8 million Americans were out of work and looking for work. Of, of the... Of out of the, his 94 million, the, the number that he quotes. Yeah. On. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. so, yeah. so by just choosing that, oh. that number, that big-sounding number, yeah. out of the 320-ish yeah. million Americans, that sounds huge. That yeah. sounds like a really big thing. But actually... yeah. It does, accounts for a lot more than just the people who are actually looking for work, and and in fact, yep, at that point, yep. the unemployment rate was under five percent, which was represented a, a steady rise in job growth under Obama from two thousand and ten, when the unemployment rate hit ten percent. So, what yep. Trump was inheriting was a a very good upward trend of of new jobs. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> which is not yep. the implication that he was giving at all with that statement. No. So he's uh,
2: so he's cherry picked that that
1: figure yeah he's he's chosen he's chosen a way of expressing that data that makes it sound as bad as it could be basically yeah yeah um and it's not untrue what he said it's just misleading um
2: and just nobody nobody ever talks about it
1: like that yeah yeah so he also mentioned in that two more statistics which are 43 million americans living in poverty and the same number on food stamps 43 million americans on food stamps right those again yeah accurate statistics Hmm. what he doesn't say Mm -hmm. is that those numbers are actually the lowest since 2010 at which point there were nearly 49 million americans living in poverty, about 48 million on food stamps so again what he hasn't he's not inheriting a mess he's inheriting a a thing that definitely you still need to do something about you know that's something that that needs to change yeah but it's something that was on a on the right trajectory when he came into
2: yeah. office, so it wasn't something that was made worse by Obama. No, no. which is what he's kind of implying. Yeah, both
1: of those metrics improved dramatically under Obama, but of yeah. course that's that's context that he doesn't want to give to those numbers. Yeah. So, uh, second example, which is it's slightly different in in a way because it's it's just it's choosing to highlight a particular. Um, event And in this case, it's about mm-hmm. the, the death of a uh, 20-year-old University of Iowa student, Molly Tibbetts, um, who was killed uh, allegedly by an illegal immigrant from Mexico. And Trump went on Twitter and said this.
0: Molly Tibbetts, an incredible young woman, is now permanently separated from her family. A person came in from Mexico illegally and killed her.
1: Now, as far as we know, that is true. And obviously, mm-hmm. as he has done a number of times with specific cases of illegal immigrants committing crimes, he is implying that this is a, this is a big deal, a big problem. Obviously, it's a big problem that anyone get killed at all. But, um, he's suggesting that it's the, the, the illegal immigrant element of this that is the problem. Yeah. Which again, completely ignores the context of this. And where mm. where crimes committed by immigrants fit in with general crime in the U.S.
2: And his implication is that all immigrants are murderers and rapists and people that we need to keep out, and that's why he needs funding for the wall.
1: Blah blah blah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. Immediately following on from that, that we just played, he says we need the wall. We need we need immigration yeah. control. And basically, yeah. there were there's around nineteen thousand homicides in the U.S. per year. Around two and a half percent of those approximately numbers are very difficult to get hold of for this, but the, mm. and around two and a half percent of those are, are committed by illegal immigrants. So yes, it's a problem, but yeah it, the immigration part of it isn't really the problem isn't, the the huge yeah. number of murders is the problem, and and there are yeah. probably other yeah. things that need to be done that would have a greater impact, addressing issues of poverty and and things in inner cities and gun control, for example, Uh, things like that that actually would have more of an impact on the number of people killed if you're really caring about individual cases uh, as opposed to just trying to choose the ones
2: Because that's what he's... Yeah, yeah. exactly. So he's cherry-picking the one case of somebody... One person, that, however many people that same day got killed elsewhere, A homegrown nutcases with guns. You know, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll just ignore that for the moment because that's not an immigration problem. So he's chosen the one which, you know, and it's an
1: appalling use of the poor grief of the family. Yeah, and the Tibbetts family publicly asked him to stop using her... Yeah. as as a political tool,
2: essentially. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, so I mean... No, I mean, the first example um, reminds me of uh, what happens in British politics, which is that the incoming administration always blames the outgoing administration for all the crap. And the, the Tory party still, even though we've had two changes of leaders, three maybe... Um, since they got in, they still refer to the mess we inherited. And you think
1: you've been been in power for twelve years? Why haven't you sorted it out? But and especially with Trump, any any positive things at all are are obviously Mm. nothing to do with what they inherited, but all to do with Trump. (laughs) No, and now is the time, I think, for Marx British politics corner.
2: So the issue I've had with thinking about the the cherry picking thing is that in order to kind of talk about it you've got to have like you've been having to fill in the uh the reason why this is cherry picked it's because politicians sound when they do this they sound very convincing and you're aware only of the things that they tell you and you go blimey that's all right or crikey that's um uh, I didn't know that, and w- what a good job you're in in power now because what you inherited was, also, was awful and somebody needs to do something about it. Um, but we are blessed, is if that's the right word, with the whole thing around the last general election we had in this country which brought us to this sorry state that we're in now, i.e. Theresa May being in power. So in 2017, there was a general election called, and I think it was uh, Nick Robinson who asked Theresa May, um, which part of the 20% um, boost in polls led you to want to have a general election? (laughs) So she's currently at the point at which she called this. She's thinking, right, okay, so we've had the referendum. Cameron's resigned because it didn't go the way he thought it would. Uh, I've taken on the reins as leader. I'm way ahead of Labour in the polls. So what I'll do is go to the country for a general election, get voted in with a large majority, which will give me the mandate to go through with the Brexit referendum um, or, or the processes to bring about the Brexit that was um, you know, signaled as being wanted by the leave the leave voters who uh, beat the remain voters. So. Uh, she went. She went out, and uh, this is what happened. Here are the here are the numbers that
0: happened. Compared to 2015, Mrs May has lost 12 seats, while Mr Corbyn has gained 29. The Conservatives have 318 seats. Labour hold 261. That leaves the Tories short of the 326 seats needed for a bare majority.
2: So it didn't go according to plan. But this doesn't mean that the Cherry-picking on both sides. This is what happens with any election. Everybody claims it as a victory, Mm -hmm. even though only one of them's got... Because we've got a first-past-the-post system here. We don't have a system of proportional representation. So really, only one party ever wins. Um, But everybody claims a victory moral or otherwise so given those numbers and uh, how that kind of works out is that actually Labour gained 77 councils and the Tories lost 33 councils um, and that led to uh, the number of seats being uh, the way that we've just heard. So, the former Conservative chairman, uh, a guy fabulously called Eric Pickles, who looks like he eats a lot of pickles. Uh, <laughs> looks like
1: he's a lot of said cake. I don't this. know about pickles. He
2: does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe if he had a few more pickles, he wouldn't be quite so cakey. <laughs> exactly. So, um, the reporter who whose voice we just heard uh, is a guy called Krishnan Gurdamurthy, and this is on Channel 4, UK's uh, TV channel. Uh, And then news, which kind of is quite confrontational when, you know, they don't pussyfoot around when it comes to talking to politicians. So um, this is what Krishnan Gurumurthy asks or says to Eric Pickles.
0: Eric Pickles, this is a disaster. She can't go on, can she? I think she can go on. It's not been a very happy night for the Conservative Party, uh, but Labour didn't win. We've got the largest number of seats, and I think she's entitled uh, to try and form a, a government to uh, deliver Brexit for the British people. Why is she entitled to anything when she gambled and lost? Because she's got more seats and winning There's elections. a pretty technical sort of entitlement. The party no, no. is entitled, but no. not Theresa reason that. No, no, that. Yeah, that's how our system works. Our system works is the more MPs you get, the, the right you have to try and form a government. And if she has the confidence of those uh, MPs, she'll get through.
2: So there we have it. Yeah, as Eric Pickles is quite right, you know, the more goals you score, you're going to, if you score the most goals, you win. So even though they lost a great deal, and even Krishna Guru is saying, well, it's a disaster. Um, she gambled and lost. Well, she did, big time. So it's a it's a win that looks like a loss. So the, the cherry-picking happening from Krishna Gurumurthy there by saying, well, look, if you look at this bit, then it looks like they lost. And Eric Pickles says, well, yeah, but we still got more seats than Labour, so we won. With the same figures, here is what the former London Mayor Ken Livingston says – uh, about the, the same result.
0: This is the first time for 25 years Labour's gone into election with a genuine Labour programme, building council houses, public sector investment, and it's connected. I mean, it's 43% voted Tory and 40% Labour. If there is another election, we've only got to get a 2% swing, and Jeremy will be in down. Isn't the, the point street. you lost? That, that, that's what Labour supporters don't seem to be getting. No, you no. lost the election.
1: Well,
0: anyway, you know, we, again against a chaotic Conservative Party started, a disastrous manifesto. We started, a weak Prime Minister, you lost.
1: <laughs> He's got a point.
2: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So there's Ken's well, I guess you know, cherry picking is almost the uh the seed, if you will, using the um the the plant-based metaphor. It's the seed for spin. So you, you know, you you pick your cherry, you plant that, and there you can spin the results the way you want it to go. So Ken is saying, well, it's a, it's a win. We've got 40%. It's the highest, you know, it connected with for the first time as a socialist, um, manifesto. We connected all that stuff. And then Christian has to kind of remind him, well, yeah, but you lost. Of course, the next example today we're recording this on. March 29th, 2019, which was the day that Theresa May has said over 100 times was the day that the UK would leave the EU. Happy Brexit Day. This the, it was Happy <laughs> Brexit Day. And uh, in fact, the actual deadline was about an hour and, hour and three quarters ago.
1: Yeah, so that, so we're no longer in the EU, are we? That's, that's what's happening.
2: We're no longer in the EU. Yeah, yeah, which was enshrined in law yeah. on the. Um, Uh, on the day of the the referendum. But uh, today, Mrs May lost the third vote on her withdrawal agreement deal by 286 votes to 344, a majority of 58. So this version of the withdrawal agreement, which I notice is now being shortened to WA, which having just spent two weeks in Western Australia, is quite weird to see because everything else was... There And in Western Australia, they say that WA means wait a while. So this deal that lost the vote is a cherry-picked diversion of the deal that lost the previous two votes. So there was no political direction, political, no political direction, <laughs> no political declaration, which... Includes the troubling implications of a hard border between the Republic of Ireland, which is in the EU, and Northern Ireland, which is in the UK and would not be in the EU, and therefore would necessitate some sort of hard border, which would return us to the time in the 70s when there was a hard border, and you know, uh, until well, the right likes the, of the Labour Party, yes, yeah. with the Good Friday, Agreement. yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah,
3: so there years, was that, no. but that was
2: problematic, yeah. So, even with the cherry picked version, which didn't include that difficult bit, it lost. Um, further cherry picking readings of this result of a loss, um, has enabled the Tories. I noticed today on Twitter they've started posting Labour just voted to stop Brexit, um, posters. Little kind of little things with Jeremy Corbyn looking particularly hard, actually. <laughs> um, you yeah, know, you wouldn't want to mess with him. Uh, it says on the At Conservative's Twitter feed, it says, Labour will never honour the referendum result. We were supposed to leave the EU today. They just voted against Brexit which some people very quickly straight away said, "Mm, so did 34 of your MPs, which is true, 34 of the Conservatives voted against the deal. And somebody else points out 34 out of 314, that's nearly 11% of Tory MPs. So there's a bit of cherry picking going on. They're picking just the Labour members who voted against Theresa May's deal, ignoring the inconvenient truth that 34... 11% 11% of the Conservative members voted against it as well.
1: It's a weird attempt as well, isn't it? Because basically the reason that they don't want a second referendum is because it seems very, very likely that the majority of the Brit- of Britain's voters now yeah. would choose to stay. Because yeah. very few people are going to have gone from stay to leave over the last two years. Because it's been such an amazing shit show, but definitely some of the previous Leave voters will have said, "Look, this isn't what I voted for. Let's not do it." Yeah. So
2: exactly. And now that some of the details have been panned out, absolutely.
1: So essentially, by saying Labour just voted to stop Brexit, what they're saying Mm. is, "Hello, majority of the UK, Labour just did what you would like." Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. There's another bit of cherry-picking going on. Uh, The Independent newspaper reported today, Downing Street insiders said that while it was obviously disappointing the government had not won the vote on Friday, there was a clear movement towards the Prime Minister's position. What? So there's a cherry-picking of the result. The fact that she's lost three times now but she's lost by a smaller margin each time. So, <laughs> yeah,
1: so
2: if the, the number of votes against are getting more fewer. More
1: votes eventually.
2: <laughs> exactly, <laughs> eventually, but we'll get it over the line. You think, Hang on, why, what? But you can't do that with the referendum, even though the referendum, the margin of the difference between leave and remain was actually within the percentage of the margin of error. So, what? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mates are proud to be British. night, guys. How you doing? It's a fallacy in the wild. It's a fallacy. It's a fallacy in the wild. It's a fallacy. All together now, it's a fallacy in the wild. It's a fallacy. It's a fallacy in the wild. It's a fallacy.
0: (laughs)
1: very antipodean well
2: done there you go (laughs) yes yeah (laughs) guess where i've been for two
1: weeks
2: (laughs) yeah that's the uh uh the famous track from the disgraced former tv presenter from the 1970s on british television rolf harris in fact i think there's only one 70s entertainer that hasn't been disgraced that's basil brush
1: (laughs) give it time so (laughs) In the Fallacy in the Wild, we like to talk about the uh, Fallacy of the Week from a non-political perspective. So the first one is a clip from Iron Man 2, which is actually a Senate hearing towards the Mm -hmm. beginning of the film where Rhodey has created a a report about the Iron Man suit and, and it's kind of benefits and drawbacks to uh, the U.S. uh, military. And then he's asked this question in the uh, Senate hearing.
2: I have before me a complete report on the Iron Man weapon compiled by Colonel Rhodes. And Colonel, for the record, can you please read page 57, paragraph 4? You're requesting that I read specific selections from my report, Senator? Yes, sir. It's my understanding that I was going to be testifying in a much more comprehensive and
3: and detailed manner. I understand. A lot of things have changed today. You do understand that reading
2: a single paragraph out of context does not reflect just read it, final. Colonel,
3: I do. Thank you.
0: Very well. As he does not operate within any definable branch of government, Iron Man presents a potential threat to the security of both the nation and to her interests. I did, however, go on to summarize that the benefits of uh, Iron
2: uh, Man uh, far uh, outweigh the liabilities. Uh, that's and enough. that it would that's be enough, in our Colonel. interest to fold that, Mr. Enough. Stark
0: into the existing chain of
1: command. Sorry. In this Senate mm. hearing, in know, Iron Man 2, um, the, yep. the senator played by the late great Gary Shandling is trying to get Rody to uh, say negative things about Iron Man by by choosing yep. the one paragraph in his report about how great the Iron Man suit is that that yep. says, yeah, maybe it's not so great. and yep. And then tries to get him to stop saying anything positive about it. So. Uh, and the, yeah. and this is his, his character wasn't called bill Bar. Was no, it, it wasn't no, no. no but was yeah
2: talking.
1: it's yeah. it's it's very it's kind of similar yeah so rody <laughs> is trying to to give a fair context to this and and as he yeah. says in the clip, he was expecting when he was called to testify that he would be able to to give a, a kind of a more full picture. He's
2: even pointing out that you know if you get me to read one
1: paragraph, then that's going to skew the the whole thing. It's
2: not a representative paragraph of the rest of the report. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um. And and it's it. This is not not atypical in how um people tend to use evidence. They they will choose just the bit that that makes their point, even mm. if it doesn't represent the uh, the whole and another way yep. in this in yep. which uh cherry picking is sometimes used is in religion here's an example from the west wing which which jed bartler points it out to a a uh let's say a right-wing christian um talk
3: show host i like your show i like how you call homosexuality an abomination i don't say homosexuality is an abomination mr president the bible does yes it does Leviticus. 1822. Chapter and verse. I wanted to ask you a couple of questions while I had you here. I'm interested in selling my youngest daughter into slavery as sanctioned in <laughs> Exodus 21.7. She's a Georgetown sophomore, speaks fluent Italian, always cleared the table when it was her turn. What would a good price for her be? While thinking about that, can I ask another? My chief of staff, Leo McGarry, insist on working on the Sabbath. Exodus two clearly says he should be put to death. Am I morally obligated to kill him myself or is it okay to call the police? Here's one that's really important because we've got a lot of sports fans in this town. Touching the skin of a dead pig makes one unclean Leviticus 11:7. If they promise to wear gloves, can the Washington Redskins still play football? Can Notre Dame? Can West Point? Does the whole town really have to be together to stone my brother John for planting different crops side by side? Can I burn my mother in a small family gathering for wearing garments made from two different threads? Think about those questions, would you? One last thing. While you may be mistaking this for your monthly meeting of the ignorant tight-ass club, in this building when the president stands, nobody sits.
1: (laughs) That's a fantastic scene. Nice. So, yeah, the point that Bartlett is making is that this right-wing talk show host or or TV presenter is choosing to vilify homosexuality because of Leviticus. She specifically mentions Leviticus when he brings it up. But but there's a lot of other things in Leviticus and in the surrounding uh, chapters that typically today even evangelical Christians don't have a problem with. So why are they picking that and and
2: yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and and it's almost that if you choose the chapter and the verse, it kind of you know rather than just being oh well it says so in the Bible yeah. in the Bible. If you choose the chapter and verse, somehow that lends even more weight to the truth of the matter and the fact that we should uh, accept it for real. And he kind of debunks all of that as well, well by yeah. saying, well these have got specific chapter and verse references and surely we should adopt those like should i burn my mother for wearing a garment
1: made of two different cloths now to completely steel man this it's only fair to say that bartlett is wrong about some of the stuff he says firstly and most trivially footballs aren't made of pigskin they're they're actually (laughs) um actually cowhide and therefore fine Ah, they're clean yeah Um, yeah but also (laughs) (laughs) sewing crops of two different types together and wearing garments of two different, two different types, although they are yep. both forbidden, there isn't a specific mm. penalty laid down in the Bible for those. So uh, so saying uh, okay. that the whole town has to get together to stone his brother or that they can burn yep. his mother in a uh, family gathering is a little bit yep. over the top. He's, he's overdoing right. it. That said, yep. there are things which the whole town has to get together to stone people for in the Bible, right. including disobeying your parents in Deuteronomy wow. 21, 18, and, um, yeah. and a woman not being a virgin on her wedding night in Deuteronomy 22,
2: 13 right. to
1: 21, okay. for victims of rape who didn't scream loud enough in a city right. in Deuteronomy 22, 20, uh, verses 23 to 24. All these people need to be killed by stoning. And in most Uh, cases, the whole town needs to get together to do it. So Hmm. although he he did overstate the penalties for some of the things that he was talking about, it is in line with other things, which generally speaking, people don't at least actually do the things that the Bible says, even if they they (laughs) may still disapprove. So I looked up because one of the the answers that comes from people, from Christians often is that, um, well, these are Old Testament laws. And, uh, yeah. some of them are completely different. Some of them were, don't need to be followed. So I looked up on Google, how do we know which Old Testament laws we still need to follow? So I found a site called crosswork.com. It's a Christian apologetic mm-hmm. site. I don't know how, how big it is in the Christian community. I don't know how, how influential it is, but it's an example of the yep. kinds of arguments that, that Christians have against. Uh, invoking these kinds of of arguments against saying, well, you know, why do you talk about homosexuality um, and and not these other things? One argument that is often given is that um, Leviticus isn't the only place where it talks about homosexuality. It talks about it, Mm -hmm. Paul talks about it in Romans and Corinthians. But key is Dr. What's-her-name in the the clip specified Leviticus. So she... In, in this right. argument, is talking about the Old Testament. So you, so it's yeah. not okay to just say, well, Bartlett's arguments aren't valid because the things he brought up were Old Testament and those laws were changed when Jesus came along. So it was that one. That, yeah, so exactly. That one was in yeah. the Old Testament as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In On this site, crosswalk.com, a person wrote mm. to the pastor on the site saying, how do we know which Old Testament laws should be acknowledged and which ones can be ignored? Um my pastor yeah. says that some laws were cultural like eating shellfish and others were spiritual like adultery and witchcraft. So the pastor mm-hmm. he he explains the difference between ceremonial laws about, you know, how to build an ark and and and, uh mm-hmm, right. things like that, um which are which are yeah. just for the time uh governmental laws which were about Israel and and don't yeah. uh aren't important. But then his third category is moral laws, which transcend time and behaviour which he Mm. includes the Ten Commandments. um, And he says, for example, they are you're not allowed to to tattoo yourself, is one of the rules Mm, in in the Mm, Bible, Leviticus 19.28. uh, Do not cut your bodies for the dead or put tattoo marks upon yourselves. I am the Lord. So um, he says that uh, there are tattoos that are probably fine, you know, you shouldn't have tattoos that that glorify Satan. Christian tattoos are probably fine, and neutral tattoos like Dallas Cowboys or whatever, they're probably fine, so that's all right. (laughs) And and, and, um, Dallas Cowboys is an old (laughs) old football team, but not that old. So my my point is, he is choosing, he is picking which rules Mm. to follow and which rules not to follow. But he says, here's how I reach my conclusions. He has a paragraph right. in his article, and it says, while the passage in Leviticus says no tattoos, it also says in Leviticus 19.27, do not cut the hair at the sides of your head or clip off the edges of your beard. It also declares in Leviticus 19.26, do not eat any meat with blood still in it. Of course, very few of us today believe that getting a haircut or enjoying a steak cooked rare is inherently evil. In the same way, tattoos are not inherently evil. So his argument for how he reached mm-hmm. his conclusions is that there are also yeah. things in Leviticus which people today think, yeah, that's not a problem.
2: Uh, uh, okay, but that uh, that kind of, <laughs> uh, that sort of begs the question? Yeah. Almost?
1: Absolutely, yeah, yeah. you're
2: going, okay, well, how do you know that that's not a problem? Exactly. Well, that's because it's similar to this exactly. one, which people don't find a problem.
1: Well, people don't find homophobia, homos sexuality exactly. a problem his argument is today some of the things in leviticus are fine and some of them are not and the things that are not are the things that we don't like <laughs> that's basically ah, the, the, ah the okay things, that's where well, we he did. didn't say that things that we don't yeah, like it's the thing the, yeah, the things that's that the, the implication isn't it <laughs> uh, in in large part still say you know this is this is an abomination um and and yeah. it can't can't continue are the things that yeah. they don't want to happen that not the things that god right. says you can't do because there's loads of those yeah. prawns and an abomination yeah unless you are going to follow all of the rules then mm. then the, the the reasons that you personally have for choosing which rules you follow and which rules don't amount yeah. largely to cherry picking
2: so my example that i've um bunged in here is not Dissimilar in the time scale, it's, and it's in my quest ever to find a, a way of countering these arguments. So, um, uh, Jeb Bartlett did a good job there of just pointing out similar things in the same on the same cherry tree as it were you know you see you you've picked that one but also in the same book you know not too far away it also says this so why have you chosen that one this one is you know a little bit a little bit political it's the people's front of judea in um uh, life of brian hey let us white old bastards they take everything we had and not just from us from our fathers and from our fathers' fathers. And from our fathers' fathers' fathers. Yeah. And from our fathers' 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 fathers. all right, Stan, don't leave the point.
3: And what have they ever given us in return?
2: The aqueduct? What? The aqueduct. Oh, yeah, yeah, they did give us that. Uh, that's true, yeah. And the sanitation. Oh, yeah, the sanitation, Reg. Remember what the city used to be like. Yeah, all right, I'll grant you the aqueduct and sanitation are two things the Romans have done. And the roads. Well, yeah, obviously yeah. the roads. I mean, the roads go without saying, don't they? But apart from the sanitation, the aqueduct and the roads... Irrigation, medicine, yeah.
0: education. Yeah. yeah, yeah, all right, fair enough. And the wine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's something we have really misread the Romans left. <laughs> Public baths. And it's safe to walk in the streets at night now, Reg. Yeah, they certainly like to keep order. Let's face it, the only ones who could in a place like this. <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right, but apart from the sanitation, the medicine, education, wine, public order, irrigation, roads, a
0: fresh water system, and public health, what have the Romans ever done for us? Brought peace? Oh, peace! <laughs> Shut up!
2: <laughs> so they. There you go. That's how you counter a, ch- a cherry pick. I've I've dubbed that a reverse cherry pick. <laughs> so it's when when somebody does that specific list, like Jeb Bartlett did successfully, is to just point out all the other occurrences yeah. of the things that uh, the in this case the Romans have provided you. <laughs> you know, so I love that. It's a rhetorical <laughs> question, and then there's that <laughs> that pause, yeah, quite- which is just a delicious pause, and he goes. Yeah. the aqueduct <laughs>
1: yeah basically what? what they're doing is the providing context yeah. that's all it is and that's how yeah. you how you yeah. beat cherry picking is is, uh, and it's not always easy to do because as we talked up at the front it's, it, it's a lot quicker to, to pick one fact out that, that makes the point you mm. want to make and you do have to be careful not to do literally a reverse cherry pick and just pick a fact that is out of context that, that supports your argument, but actually put the original fact in a wider context and say, yeah, mm-hmm. but look at these things also that are the same as what you're saying, but, but actually provide more information and are less misleading.
0: So we're gonna we're going to play fake news, folks. I love the game. It's a great game. I understand the game as well as anybody, as well as anybody.
1: Yes, it's time for fake news—the game where I read out three Trump quotes, two of which are real and one I made up—and Mark has to figure out which one is fake news. Yeah, you're, you're and I, doing yeah, particularly I'm, well. At I'm the end. on a high. I think you're in. A, I a, am. A, uh, are you on two in a row? Um, yeah, and you've got, two, or even three. I would, I would go just. I to part, I'm not sure we get that But But we, no, <laughs> but no, no, we have. No, right, okay. You are no, right. currently <laughs> above <laughs> yeah. chance. So. You, yeah, and and yeah. you can't drop below chance. If you if you win this one, then you're at 38%. Yeah. If you lose it, then yeah. you're down to exactly chance. Um, so Brilliant. We'll see That's how this great. goes. So,
2: see, what I would do in looking over the past episodes, I would cherry pick the ones yeah. I've won. <laughs> and so you see, I'm consistently winning. Yeah, those are
1: the only ones you're going to yeah, tweet out, The ones you, you've won.
2: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One, another one. One, <laughs> yeah, another one. Yes, yeah. And then people will go, ah, yeah, but what about the ones you didn't? Yeah,
1: well, Okay, so. Well, apart from the ones I didn't. So the theme, uh, the, this week's uh, quotes are, are a lot shorter than usual. Yeah. And the theme mm-hmm. is about nicknames. Oh, okay. And, and I've cherry-picked some quite lame nicknames <laughs> because Trump loves his nicknames. Right. He loves to, to, to yeah. come up with a good nickname for someone. So yeah. Uh, statement number one, and you can guess who this is about. I said, we're going to mm-hmm. give you a new nickname because Chaos is not a good nickname. So we changed his name, called him Mad Dog.
2: Okay, which is a much better nickname, obviously. Yeah.
1: But yeah. Statement yeah. number two, Nancy Pelosi, or Nancy as I call her, she doesn't want to hear the truth. <laughs> he kind of ran out of steam. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. Number three. <laughs> Yeah. Even my enemies say that Jeff Sessions, who I call Mr. Magoo, by the way, should have told me he was going to recuse himself.
2: Okay. Right. Well, yeah. Now, I've got, yeah, I've got a feeling that Nancy, Number Two is real because he doesn't call Nancy Pelosi anything other than Nancy. But whether he actually said that, hmm, Nancy, as I call her, yeah, wouldn't wouldn't be. But that's kind of the opposite of his, or as the saying goes, isn't it? It's good, Yeah, it's like, oh, I call her, Nancy. Yeah, so does everybody else. Yeah. Uh, we're going to give you a new nickname because Chaos is not a good nickname. He is. So we change his name to Mad Dog. So, uh, oh, I've got a feeling he's already called Mad Dog. Okay. Even my name is Jeff Sessions, who I call Mr Magoo, by the way. Should have told me he's going to recuse himself. <clears throat> okay. I... Mm. Does he call him Mister McGo? See, that sounds more like Trump than the first one. so I think he's already called Mad Dog. So I think, I think number one is the one that you made up.
1: Okay. So you think number two is real? Yeah, Nancy Pelosi or Nancy was like oh. <laughs> call yeah, yeah uh, that is real. <laughs>
0: No. Nancy Pelosi, or Nancy as I call her. She doesn't want to hear the truth.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Why would you even stop to say that? Why would you have all that that executive time he's had to come up with a a nickname? And he can't, because he can't, because... Because she's the only, she's an adult. That's why she's the adult in the room, and she's going to take no shit from him. So she can't get. Oh, oh, so he stops mid-sentence <laughs> and says, "Just to remind us, Nancy, as I call her. Well, we yeah, we know because you just did. <laughs> what? That, it's so bizarre." Uh, because that, that's the gap where he would normally <laughs> yeah, stick yeah. in Pocahontas or Space or something like that. Well, you know, you know that he, he like didn't that.
1: remember until halfway through the sentence that he hadn't already come up with a nickname for her, basically. That's. Yeah, no, yeah. He was, he was just putting, is. okay, yeah. I'll stop here. I'll say my nickname. Oh, I haven't got a nickname. I'll just yeah. say Nancy. Yeah.
2: Oh, <laughs> he <laughs> <laughs> couldn't think of one. It's all right. it just got. Uh, oh, oh. No. Okay. Can't think, give me a moment. Can't think of one.
1: Right. So you think that number is 3 brilliant, isn't is it? real. And number 3 is Yeah. 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 Fake news.
2: Oh, well done. No, that's yeah. Not com- utterly convincing. It
1: has been rumored. Because he is that right. call Jeff Sessions Mr Magoo. Um but he denies yeah, it. Yeah, I go along with that. Yeah. Um, in fact right. he he tweeted. <laughs> yeah. The Washington Post said I refer to Jeff Sessions as Mr. Magoo and Rudd Rosenstein as Mr. Peepers. This is according to people to whom the president has spoken. There are no such people, and I don't know these characters, just more fake and disgusting news to create ill will. So so not only does okay. he not call Jeff Sessions Mr. Magoo, he's claiming he doesn't even know who that yep. is. Who, who who they are. Who Mr. Magoo is. One of the no. most popular... Cartoon characters during Trump's childhood it doesn't he's never even heard of it. exactly so, yeah that no exactly.
2: given how much television he bloody watches yeah. he would have known exactly who that is and Mr and Peebles, how apt
1: which was a popular sitcom yeah. in the fifties as well so yeah.
2: yeah and and actually how apt Mr Magoo would have been yeah to call he Jeff should, Sessions I don't, don't know why he would deny it
1: it's so weird because it's no. not like he was being particularly nice to Jeff Sessions at the time no um, so no. it's very strange. <sighs> that very good which very good. number convincing.
0: one is yeah. real i said we're going to give you a new nickname because chaos is not a good nickname so we changed his name called the mad
1: dog now that that did not why happen. is that even something that it didn't happen n- no it's not and, and the reason we know it didn't happen is because um yep. jim mattis has been called mad dog since at least 2004 um, yeah. And he was called yeah. by the press and he doesn't particularly like it. No one who knows him calls him mad or apparently except Trump who thinks it's brilliant. Apparently it came from the fact that he says things like um, you should be kind and polite to everyone you meet, but um, figure out ways to kill them. And, <laughs> and uh, like <laughs> a true warrior wears his enemy's skin as a, as a suit or something like that. So he's yeah. pretty scary, but, yeah. That name was not given Quite to him yeah. by Trump. Also, by Trump. chaos. No, not a nickname. It is his call sign. No, it was his call sign in the military. It, that's not a go. nickname. That's not what that means. <laughs> no, no. So,
2: and and also, why is the president spending presidential time <laughs> as the leader of the free world coming up with a new coming nickname? up with nicknames
1: and then telling us about it? So, <sighs> what that no. means is. Yeah that you are now yep. at um, 7 out of 21, which is Yay. which is exactly a third. A perfect third. So, Fantastic. So exactly as good as if you just yep. guessed at random before I even read out the quotes. Yep. And
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I'll do that next week. I was like, it's number three. I'm ready out yet? No, no, it's going to be number three. Yeah. So, <laughs> Why did you say that? Well, I'm just
1: yeah it's worth a go yeah so podcast listeners i need your help to fool mark if you think you can make up a convincing fake trump quote then share this episode on twitter include your quote and the hashtag fallacious trump i'll pick the best one and you'll be podcast famous so it's time for the part of the show that this week at least is called the muller report is not a logical fallacy but bill Barr's summary just might be a really good example of cherry picking yeah who'd have because... thought who'd have thought yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what coincidence yeah because muller has finally delivered his report to the attorney general yeah might as well and, have buried it in the ground and bill bar uh, produced a three and a half page summary of of the findings of the report mm. which uh is interesting, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and yeah. Um, and has been touted in conservative circles as a complete exoneration, complete exoneration, and total vindication, yeah, to the point where not only is Trump totally innocent of everything that he's ever been accused of, yeah, but all the people who ever accused him of anything should either be resign or be in prison, yeah. That has been largely the um, the argument <laughs> from the the left there's been some disappointment that it wasn't more damning but largely the reaction has been okay can we see the report yeah. please <laughs> yeah
2: which is you know um, not not an unreasonable request given how yeah. how kind of um the the summary just seems to say okay it's it's this shape there are this many pages that deal with that then there are these things that it found this this number of things it found and this is what those yeah. things were detailing when they found those things and then like the last paragraph or so it just goes oh yeah so based on that oh, yeah it's fine he did nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Essentially. Yeah.
1: There's 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 a few direct quotes, very few yeah. direct quotes from, from the report, but mostly it is Barr's opinion based on what he presumably had the chance to read over the weekend yeah. of of the report. And just if, I don't know if there's any conservative listeners, any Republican listeners to this show. Uh, it'd be nice if there was. Yeah, let us Get nice. in touch and let us know if there are and see how you, what you think about it. But if there are, I'd like you to think about it in uh, terms of if the star report uh, for Clinton's impeachment mm. had been delivered to Janet Reno and she read it and provided a summary that said, yes, fine. Right. There's nothing really. No. There's no no problem. There, didn't do anything there wrong. There
2: was a dry cleaning issue. That's about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Would Would you have been okay with that? <laughs> yeah. Or indeed, if there had been any kind of um, result from Benghazi or or, or a fictional uh, um, investigation into Obama, where the attorney general just just provided a couple of pages summary that said yeah there's nothing to see here this is fine That's
2: fine this is what you i don't thought need to worry about no, no no the, the report i've yeah. saved you all the bother you know there's 200 times this amount to read after I've, I've done it yeah. for you yeah and it doesn't actually strictly speaking exonerate him entirely this
1: summary it it, it so doesn't yeah. to the extent that one of the quotes yeah. specifically says it, does not, it does not exonerate
2: him. <laughs> yeah. So how they've jumped? How they've jumped from the the sentence that is directly quoted in here that says <laughs> that it does not exonerate him. Too he is totally exonerated. Well, well, he isn't. Yeah. In, in you know, not totally. Even if that. It's yeah, with one bit of non-exoneration, that means he's not totally exonerated. <laughs> what?
1: So, why do I say this is cherry picking? Oh, and I should say actually, before I start here, mm-hmm. I'm not a lawyer; don't know very much about this. My reading of this is is what we're talking about, but also a lot of what I'm reading is based on a fantastic breakdown of this summary mm. and of of what we know from the opening arguments podcast. Oh, if okay. You, or listening to this and you don't already listen to opening arguments go and ideally become a patron because they do some fantastic uh specific um episodes for patrons as well yep. but but just listen at least to their last couple of episodes because they're about this and they have a great interview with a law professor called Lyerson about about this and about what it means and about what the background of it might be so thanks to them for some of the information that I'm going to be giving and some of the ideas but uh, but largely, this is kind of based on on my reading of it, and, yep. s- and essentially, it split. The summary is split into two sections, as Barr says. The the report is into looking at whether Trump colluded mm-hmm. with the Russians on interfering with the 2016 election, and whether he then obstructed justice. Yeah, and the summary says that basically the special counsel decided that. Trump did not collude did not conspire uh, or coordinate with the Russian government. Mm-hmm. The the quote in the report in the in the summary is as the report states the investigation did not establish that members of the Trump campaign conspired or coordinated with the Russian government in its election interference activities. That's the the full extent of the quote. Right. Now, interestingly that quote starts with a, a the that's the first word. Yeah. And the capital T Is in brackets. And what that means is that in the actual report, it's Coming in the
2: middle of the sentence,
1: yes. Yeah. So Barr is quoting the end of a sentence. Yeah, yeah. Uh Now, Barr's job here is to make his boss look good. Yeah. He is a Trump appointee. He got the job because he, absent of any uh money or solicitation wrote a 19 page memo about how you really can't indict the president and he can't commit obstruction of justice yeah so yeah so that's why he's in the job yeah and and so his job here is is to to make this sound as good as it can yeah while not lying because it would be considered i think it probably would be considered perjury it certainly would look very bad for him Mm. and he he would get in trouble if he said things in this document that were actually lies yeah so i think all of the stuff he said in here is true but very carefully worded mm. and carefully chosen and cherry-picked yep. to express the the position that he wants to express so this line which again starts with a, a non-capital t and therefore mm. is the end of a sentence could possibly be Part of a sentence that says something like, "While there is a great deal of evidence of, you know, misdeeds by the Trump campaign, yeah. and and that and the investigation between, did not establish, yeah, yeah, the point is we don't know. Yeah. So any attempt to speculate at what the first part of that sentence is is irresponsible, and it is just as irresponsible to say this means that the president it's, didn't do anything no wrong. No
2: collusion, yeah, yeah, because yeah. it doesn't actually say collusion in there They did not establish the members of the collusion collusion isn't
1: a legal term right so it shouldn't and and in fact the republicans have been using collusion because it's not a Ah, they have been saying no collusion no collusion no collusion because you can't prove collusion because it's not legal Ah. what what you what you can do is prove conspiracy (laughs) coordination or things like that and but it does say the investigation did not establish that members of the Trump campaign conspired or coordinated. And then very specifically, it says with the Russian government yeah. in its election interference activities. Yeah. The fact that it says with the Russian government could be quite important. Yeah, Because one thing we do know is that Paul Manafort gave polling data to Konstantin Kalimnik, mm-hmm. who is a political operative, but not part of the Russian government. Yeah, We do know that um, Manafort, Kushner, Don Jr. and others met in Trump Tower with Natalia Veselnetskaya, who is yep. a Russian lawyer who has links to the Kremlin but is not part of the, the Russian government. Yep. So it may well be completely true to say that the investigation did not establish that members of the Trump campaign conspired or coordinated with the Russian government, Yeah. but that doesn't mean that they weren't involved in... Colluding or conspiring or coordinating with people in Russia to influence the election,
2: or or indeed that they did conspire and coordinate with the Russian government in other activities other than election interference activities.
1: Yep, absolutely. So
2: yeah, so it's
1: uh, yes, yes. So we don't know and that's the point we won't know until we see the, whole thing. the actual report yeah. whether these very specific and very carefully chosen sentences are chosen because there's worse stuff surrounding them <laughs> yeah that wasn't chosen to be in here or because they actually represent the full report yeah now on obstruction of justice he, uh Barr says the report's second part addresses a number of actions by the president, most of which have been the subject of public reporting that the special counsel investigated as potentially raising obstruction of justice concerns. Now, the fact that it says most of which have been the subject of public reporting means there are some things which might be obstruction of justice which we don't know about yet. Mm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's interesting. <laughs> which is why you would want and to see the good. report for them. It for be those good. things yeah, we don't be know to about. see the report to yeah. find that out. Yeah. So essentially he says that the report sets out evidence on both sides of the question of obstruction of justice and leaves unresolved what the special counsel views as difficult issues of law and fact concerning whether the president's actions and intent could be viewed as obstruction. Mm. So Mueller basically didn't come to a conclusion on whether the president illegally obstructed justice. Mm. There is an argument to say that the one reason he may not have come to a conclusion is because he doesn't have that ability, given the Department of Justice's practice of not indicting a sitting president or or belief that you can't indict a sitting president. Really, that decision probably should be left up to Congress because they are the ones who will start impeachment proceedings. So it it is entirely possible that the special counsel... Has in fact it mentions that the report sets out evidence on both sides, Mm -hmm. so that means by definition there is evidence of obstruction. Yeah, because otherwise there wouldn't be evidence on both Both sides; sides. there would only be evidence on one side. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, so there is evidence of obstruction of justice. Whether that raises to a level of criminality or a level which they could prosecute or a level which they are confident they could prove beyond reasonable doubt Mm -hmm. is another issue. And it may possibly be that it would raise to a level where they would prosecute if the person wasn't the president, Mm -hmm. but that they can't make that decision. They wouldn't make a traditional prosecution decision because of that. So, again, there's information we don't know. It, and this doesn't rule those things out, and and then it goes on to say the special counsel states that while this report does not conclude that the president committed a crime, it also does not exonerate him. Yeah. So it doesn't. Exonerate. The information that was found <laughs> by Mueller does not show that the president didn't do anything wrong.
2: Yes, <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's very very clear. Yeah. A. G. Barr, along with Deputy A. G. Rod Rosenstein, yeah, have concluded based on the evidence that they've read, that um, the evidence developed during the special counsel's investigation is not sufficient to establish that the president committed an obstruction of justice offence. Yep. So they've decided, not Mueller, that yep. they will not prosecute okay. Trump for obstruction of justice. Yeah, And in it says, in making this determination, we noted the special counsel recognised the evidence does not establish that the president was involved in an underlying crime related to the Russian el- election interference. Again, very specific. Mm. It doesn't say that the, uh, the president was not involved in a crime. Yeah, just one <laughs> but, related but the, to the, the president Russian. president was not involved in a crime related to Russian yeah. election interference. Yeah. And, and Barr is of the opinion, as I understand it, that, you, that obstruction of justice has to be based on a pending or uh, contemplated proceeding, a, 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 a legal case that is already existing. So,
2: okay. yeah,
1: that means that if there is something which you did, but the police haven't found out about yet, yeah. but that you covered up evidence for, <laughs> yeah. that wouldn't be obstruction of justice. Yeah. Because at the time you're covering up the evidence, there, there is isn't no a case. proceeding against yeah. you. Yeah. It, that's an unusual reading of the law. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although, um, <laughs> he's yeah, so <laughs> again, very specifically, Barr says... That they have they have catalogued to the present president's actions, yep. many of which took place in public view, meaning some didn't. Yep. And and the report identifies no actions that in our judgment constitute obstructive conduct, had a nexus to pending or contemplated proceedings, and were done with corrupt intent. Right. So that doesn't mean that there are no actions which constitute obstructive conduct and were done with corrupt intent. Yep. Just that those ones weren't nexus to a pending or contemplated right. proceeding. Yeah, yeah. And vice versa for all for all three of those options, you could have two of them. Yeah, and not the third one. So the the point that I'm trying to make is that all we know for now is that Barr has written some very specific sentences. He has chosen some very specific phrases to quote from the report. Yeah, and the other ones there which i've quoted where it says while this report does not conclude the president committed a crime it also does not exonerate him that starts with a small w Mm. as well Mm. so that's part of a sentence that's not a full sentence the evidence does not establish the president was involved in an underlying crime related to russian election interference that that starts with a a small t for the and ends in a comma yeah so that's the middle of a sentence (laughs) yes yeah in my opinion if Barr wanted to be very clear that Mueller's report exonerated Trump, and if it in fact did exonerate Trump, yeah. there would be full sentences that he could quote. Yeah, that would make that case.
2: And even the one that he does use <laughs> says it does not exonerate him. So,
1: <laughs> well, in, and that isn't even a full sentence. That's the end of it. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. So, so even the even the cherry picked sentence that he's used <laughs> says it does not
1: exonerate him. So, so what what we know here. Basically, is that there is no indictment from Mueller Mueller's office for Trump. He is not indicting anyone further. Right. That is not to say that there will be no further indictments because Mueller has passed on a lot of the things that he uncovered yeah. to other agencies, yeah, yeah. Um, to further investigation by the FBI, so the federal prosecutors mm-hmm. at the Southern District of New York and the Eastern District of Virginia and other investigations are ongoing mm. there are in fact 19 open investigations into trump and his family hell. and his his um, organizations yeah so this is not exoneration no no <laughs> this is this is a probably partisan very certainly cherry-picked mm-hmm. summary of a report that we've yet to see which could definitely contain things which would be impeachable offences, yep. even if they don't rise to the level of provable criminality. And a question I think you probably want to ask yourself is, is your bar for who should be president someone who you can't prove is a criminal? <laughs> if, that's your low, if that's your level, yeah, then then, yeah. then you can be happy with Trump. Yeah, that's fine. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. far he hasn't been proven to be a criminal. Yeah. Um in uh that doesn't mean he can't be impeached. It certainly doesn't mean he didn't do anything wrong. It doesn't mean he didn't act immorally. Clinton was impeached for things which weren't crimes. Yeah. It doesn't mean that he he didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> yeah. So we we've yet to see what will come out of the Mueller report when it does. Um Barr has said today that uh he will get a a redacted version Okay. Of the full report which has been they they are look, obviously they going through to remove things that are part of active investigations right yeah um, i was going like to say what what's going to be that. redacted yeah yeah they initially there was a suggestion that they might pass it to the white house um for things that might be executive privilege uh to be redacted but uh it seems like that now isn't going yeah, to happen. Yeah, that's not the safe, However, safest course yeah, of investigation. Yeah, that's <laughs> because that's bizarre because, to, yeah. to let the, the, yeah. the target of an investigation redact their report. Yeah, but they've said that that will happen around mid-April, if not sooner. Mm-hmm. So, at some point, we will get, or at least Congress will get, and will probably release to the public a version of the murder report. And in the meantime the investigations will continue. Uh, Maria Butina is is just going into court uh this week. Um Roger Stone's court case will be coming up. Uh Flynn is still giving evidence he hasn't um been in been uh, com- well he's been convicted he hasn't been sentenced yet. Yeah. Um there are many things still going on. Uh and I would also say that a lot of Republicans who have been massively celebrating this and saying how, you know, it's, it's proof that they've been right all along and it's been a witch hunt and it's been, um, you know, the Democrats have just been lying this whole time. Mm. Some of them seem to uh, are saying things like, um, oh, it must suck to be a Democrat today and mm. things like that. And I would say that it would be fantastic to find out that the president of the United States hadn't committed crimes or um, colluded with a foreign government yeah. to to get elected that would be a really good thing that would be a i good don't thing. think any democrat is hoping that he did these no, things no but i think they are hoping that if he did these things he will pay a price for it
2: yeah <laughs> it, you know because that's the the truth and justice and the american way isn't it absolutely And finally, some things we really don't have time to talk about.
1: On March 15th in Christchurch, New Zealand, a white supremacist terrorist opened fire on a mosque, killing 50 people and live-streaming the attack on Facebook. His 74-page manifesto explaining his actions specifically praised Trump as a symbol of renewed white identity and common purpose. Within six days, New Zealand's kick-ass Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern announced a ban on military-style guns and high-capacity magazines and a government buyback scheme for weapons already in circulation, which seems like it will probably be more effective than thoughts and prayers. <clears throat>
2: Using the Anti-Defamation League's HEAT map, which stands for Hate, Extremism, Anti-Semitism and Terrorism, the Washington Post examined whether there was a correlation between the counties that hosted one of Trump's 275 presidential campaign rallies in 2016 and increased incidence of hate crimes in subsequent months – they found that counties that had hosted a 2016 Trump campaign rally saw a 226% increase in reported hate crimes over comparable counties that
1: did not host such a rally. So, when Trump tweeted... The fake news media is working overtime to blame me for the horrible attack in New Zealand. They will have to work very hard to prove that one. So ridiculous.
2: A. They have. And they have. And B... Trump knows that this stuff works.
1: He's just done it in that very tweet. The NRA is opposing the renewal of the Violence Against Women Act because it contains a provision allowing law enforcement officials to confiscate the guns of convicted domestic abusers. Because, goddammit, if there's anything more important than protecting the lives of abused women, it's allowing their abusers to own guns. Yeah.
2: Further proof that the GOP just don't get the interweb, Californian Republican Devin Nunes utilized the strident effect by having some beef with and suing the Twitter account at Devin Cow thus ensuring that it now has more followers and presumably therefore more influence than at Devin Nunes himself. Of course, Twitter does have rules against impersonation, targeted harassment and attacks motivated by bigotry. But in cases of parody, Jennifer Jacquet, assistant professor at NYU and author of Is Shame Necessary?, in pointing out that, like most bullies, they have thin skin, said it might be better for public figures to ignore criticism from little-known Twitter accounts instead of lashing out. It's one thing if it's a fake account that looks legitimate, she said, but this is a cow. (laughs) She could, of course, have quoted Bart Simpson, who so presciently advised calm...
3: Don't have a cow, man.
1: Exactly. Betsy DeVos tried to justify her plan to strip all federal funding from the Special Olympics by saying they had to make some difficult decisions. It's a weird flex from Cruella DeVos, considering that the $17.6 million they gave last year represented only one fortieth of 1% of her department's budget. Uh If that's too hard to picture, just think of it as five Trump trips to Mar-a-Lago or half of one of Betsy's 10 yachts. But sure... Why waste all that money improving the lives of people with intellectual and physical disabilities? They'll only blow it on hookers and wheelchairs.
2: Blimey, five trips to Mar-a-Lago cost that. <laughs> you see, there is something to be said about making cruel nicknames. Cruella DeVos is brilliant. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hi there. Uh, We're we're journalists on town uh, for for business, for a report we're doing, and we received a couple of death threats. Yeah, we watched it progress over 24 hours
2: to what you're seeing now, and that's a steady stream coming in every couple hours. The voice there of our favourite bad-at-crime mastermind, Jacob Wall, reporting hate crimes against him to the Minneapolis Police Department in a new documentary. The tweets he's talking about say, I hope you fucking know that if bump into you in Dinky Town or anywhere else in my city, I'm going to shoot you and shit on your fucking bodies. Get the fuck out of my city, you piece of shit, now pretty scary especially the bump into you bit because the the eye is missing except that they come from a fake account that wall got booted off twitter for creating this alleged hate crimer can't spell his own surname hates homophones yes homophones (laughs) hence presumably he's not knowing the difference between knowing your shit and knowing your shit and the guy in the picture used has hired an attorney we all wait in anticipation of the same 130,000 tonnes of bricks that fell on Jesse Smollett to fall on Wall.
1: Worth holding our breath? It was Mitt Romney's 72nd birthday this month, and thanks to a Twitter video of his staff presenting him with a cake made of Twinkies, we learned two things. One, Mitt likes Twinkies, and two, Mitt blows out his birthday candles like a fucking psychopath. <laughs> one at a time! <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's
2: like biting the heads of jelly babies, isn't it? One at a time. So the one the poor candle at the end is just waiting there thinking I'm going to burn completely away before you get there.
1: It's Who insane. does that? Who do-
2: you kind of think he's had 71 goes at this already, as nobody <laughs> at any point said to him, Mitt, <laughs> Mitt, it would save a lot of time if you just took a deep breath and did them all. They're, they're very close together. There's only three of them, <laughs> Mitt. Just blow them at once, will you? Oh, God. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I hope at some stage his dad said to him, if you want to live to see another birthday, <laughs> you're going to have to blow these things out. Yeah. <laughs> ah. Donald Trump's 2020 campaign has some thoughts on who should and shouldn't be interviewed on television news programmes. Axios's Jonathan Swan obtained a copy of a memo being sent from the Trump campaign to, and I quote, television producers. It says... Moving forward, we ask that you employ basic journalistic standards when booking such guests to appear anywhere in your universe of productions. You should begin by asking the basic question, does this guest warrant further appearances in our programming, given the outrageous and unsupported claims made in the past? At a minimum, if these guests do reappear, you should replay the prior statements and challenge them to provide the evidence which prompted them to make the wild claims in the first place. Uh, and we Brits thought you Americans don't do irony.
1: So that's all the bad arguments and faulty reasoning we have time for this episode. You can find the show notes at fallacioustrump.com, And if you hear Trump say something stupid and want to ask if it's a fallacy, our contact details are on the contact page.
2: And if you think we've used a fallacy ourselves, let us know. If you had a good time, please give us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can support the show on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash ftrump.
1: You can also connect with us and other listeners in the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash fallacious trump.
2: All music is by The Outburst and was used with permission. So until next time on Fallacious Trump, we'll leave the last word to the Donald.
0: That's right. Go home to mommy. Bye. Bye.